Every time I hear today's episode in the gospel, the one thing that sticks with me the most is how so many people are trying to see Jesus that the apostles didn't even have time to eat. To make matters worse, the crowd even follows them to their place of retreat. Now, I don't know about you, but if it were me in the story, at this point I'd probably be the one raising my voice to complain. We just got here. Come on, Jesus. Can't you tell them to come back later? The word hangry comes to mind when I think about how I probably feel at this moment. All humor aside, though, it is telling how my initial reaction to the story is one of exasperation. Based off my imaginative rendering of the text, I see clearly how it is I need to change, which virtues I need to work on, such as patience. Reading ourselves in the text can reveal a whole lot about our character and our relationship with God. The Church Fathers, not to mention the biblical authors themselves, often spoke of Scripture as a mirror of the soul. Yet sometimes, if not often, we find it very difficult to look into that mirror for fear what we, what we may find. Perhaps just making the time to sit down and read the Bible can throw us into mental gymnastics. Which book should I start to read first? I keep falling asleep near mid-paragraph. I'm not getting anything out of it, etc., etc. The practice of Lexio Divina, or sacred reading, used for the purpose of prayer and meditation, treats the scriptures not as texts to be studied only, but as the living word of God. By inserting ourselves into the Old and New Testaments, we allow them to speak with the voice and authority of a personal God who knows us intimately and desires to communicate with us. Scripture, then, is written in the language of the soul, stories, parables, poetry, songs, and laments. These are meant to reach us on the level of experience. Given enough time and familiarity with the scriptures, the stories contained there begin to coalesce into one great narrative which describes our own redemption and sanctification. We begin to see the world from God's perspective. Characters like Job, the prophets, or any of the great figures of the Old Testament suddenly become more real, more relatable, as we go through our own crises of faith. Perhaps we can even take solace in the fact that many of God's chosen people committed far worse sins than your average Christian. Take, for example, in the book of 2 Samuel, the account of King David and the prophet Nathan. The former has just committed, yes, adultery and murder. Yet the latter, instead of condemning the king through an argument, provides an anecdote which relates to the details of his crime. Upon being told that he is the man in the story, David is cut to the heart and repents. It is on David's own terms that David will be convinced of his sinfulness. The parable that Nathan presents is only meant to mirror to the king what he already knows deep down. From this, we learn that our weaknesses and imperfections are not something to hide from. They teach us about ourselves as completely dependent on God's mercy. They teach us what it means to be redeemed and sanctified by Christ. As any of the examples I've just given demonstrate, God never gives up on his creatures. In fact, so much so that he promises unlimited access to his strength and power 
if we but ask him with confidence and faith. Just like the apostles in today's gospel, I'm sure all of us have been placed in a situation when we felt stretched to our limits, when our weaknesses were more than we could handle, or so it seemed. Let us recall, though, that our Lord tells St. Paul, My grace is sufficient for you. Jesus encouraged his disciples to go the extra mile because he wanted to teach them the meaning of trust. Trust in his ability to carry us through, even when it seems impossible. Even now, he challenges us, and especially in times of great difficulty, to rely solely on the strength and grace of God. But we do this with the tools he has given us. This is where acquainting ourselves with the inspired scriptures, memorizing and quoting select passages as occasions may arise, can become a concrete manifestation of God's grace in our life. St. Athanasius, for example, in his letter to Marcellinus, speaks of the Psalter as being the standard par excellence for every human expression in prayer. He says in glowing words, and I quote, Among all the books, the Psalter has certainly a very special grace, a choiceness of quality, well worthy to be pondered. For it has this peculiar marvel of its own, that within it are represented and portrayed in all their great variety the movements of the human soul. It is like a picture in which you see yourself portrayed, and seeing may understand and consequently form yourself upon the pattern that is given. End quote. This pattern is precisely the one that Christ himself conformed to in his earthly life. We hear him repeatedly saying that the scriptures reveal his identity as the Son of God. We hear him quoting the Psalms during his Passion. We hear him interpret the Law of Moses and the books of the Pentateuch. He says to us elsewhere, No servant is greater than his master. If this is the case, then if we wish to follow Jesus, to allow his grace to be sufficient for our lives, we do well to imitate his example. So in the words of St. Paul, let us equip ourselves with the sword of scripture in one hand, the shield of faith in the other, and ask ourselves as we go forward in our struggle against sin, dare we let God be for us all that he promises he will be.